0: You're listening to Beyond Bitcoin. It's the 4th of December. I'm Arthur Falls, and this is, of course, not investment advice. Please excuse my unusually husky baritone. I hitchhiked a thousand kilometres yesterday, some of which was in the hail, uh, coming back from the Bitcoin South Conference, which was absolutely amazing met all kinds of interesting people and um, hopefully some of them will be appearing on the show before too long. Austrian economics is one of those impenetrable black boxes that you hear referenced occasionally but that has very little meaning for many people. Recently I was perusing Cameron Harwick's blog Thricker, where I periodically go to soak up some free market goodness and I found myself rereading a post entitled Hayek versus Rothbard on free market money. The article and the comments elucidate many interesting and relevant ideas that can not only help us understand cryptocurrency, but also show that the problem of discovering what is good money has been mulled over by brilliant people long before the cypherpunks sunk their teeth into it. A clearly novel approach has been taken by the team working on BitShares. I asked Daniel Larimer to explain the roots of his idea and update us on the progress of the platform.
1: Hello, how can I have
0: today? I know this is something you've been through a million times and uh, and I'm going to ask you to do it again. Could you give us a good rundown of what exactly the bit asset concept is? The bit
2: asset concept is the idea of a digital asset that has the value of any other asset, whether it's dollars, gold, silver. Uh, the thing that makes it digital is that it doesn't depend upon dollars, gold, or silver being stored in a vault anywhere, and it doesn't depend on trusting any third party to redeem an IOU for these things. Um, so in a way, a bit asset has all the properties of Bitcoin with the price stability, of whatever asset they are tracking, be it dollars, gold, or silver. Um, so you can imagine they'd be incredibly useful. And um, in our case, bid assets also pay you a yield, um, a non-zero variable interest rate, if you will, that the longer you hold it, the uh, more return you get. Um, this yield is, Directly proportional to the expected growth in the underlying system. For example, for bit shares, it would be the expected growth of bit shares of, say, 100% a year is going to cause there to be a higher yield on bit assets backed by bit shares.
1: Um, and that has to do with how the bit assets come into existence. Yeah.
2: So we can explain how bid assets are created relatively easily. If two people get together and uh, they live in a country where gold is illegal, they're not allowed to own gold, but they happen to know what the price of gold is on a foreign exchange,
1: they can both put their money into a hat and agree to uh, one person gets the value of gold in the future, and the other person gets whatever is left over. Time passes, the price changes, and uh,
2: one party or the other makes or loses money based upon the direction the price of gold moved. Um, And this is somewhat, this has been referred to as a contract for difference.
1: and it's used in many different places around the world. It is not a new concept. Um, so it can also
2: be viewed as an insurance policy, where one party is guaranteeing another party the uh, purchasing power of a dollar, um, and the other party gets the uh, leverage. If the dollar goes down, they make money. If it goes up, they lose money.
0: And so the long position in this case the position held by the person who is going to take away from the hat the value of the dollar at a future date right that person winds up with a cryptographic token representing that long position which they can trade elsewhere is that correct that is
2: correct it's a divisible fungible cryptographic token
0: uh And you mentioned that there's interest that's paid to the bit asset holders Yes, what's the purpose of introducing that interest to the system? There is a
2: large demand of people who want to take the opposite side of the bet. those who want to uh, bet that the dollars going to go down, and if the dollar goes down, they'll make money. We need a way of prioritizing uh or sorting. Uh, these people, so we sort them based on price.
0: We want to motivate
2: them to provide liquidity, so they have to uh, buy back and close out their uh, their short position by buying back the bit USD from the long. And when we use long and short here, short is it's like you're got you the short in the stick. You you don't have enough. You need to go onto the market and buy it. Long means that you have it. You have more you don't have any liabilities. So when we say long, we mean uh, you hold the asset without any liabilities. When we say short, that means you've borrowed, you've got a debt, and you've got to repay it. So conceptually speaking, a short is nothing more than someone who takes out a loan and is required to repay it in the future. And so we know why interest exists on loans, and it exists on shorts for the same reason. Um, so it's actually very similar to a bank. BitUSD USD gets interest because other people are borrowing the Bit USD in order to uh, go short.
0: You mentioned uh, use cases for bit assets. Uh, what were the use cases you imagined for bit assets when you conceived of them?
1: As a replacement for centralized exchanges. Um. If you wanted to create an exchange that traded dollars versus Bitcoin, but you didn't want to uh,
2: worry about the government confiscating the dollar reserves of the exchange, then you would use BitUSD as your dollar equivalent asset, and you trade it against BitBTC as your Bitcoin equivalent asset.
0: Or thus insulating the uh, the source of value from being confiscated.
2: Correct, because the collateral of bit assets is a cryptocurrency, which is not a liability, and has a value set on the market, just like Bitcoin. Uh, your collateral is good; therefore, the derivative, the bit USD, is good.
0: With you've answered one of uh, part of the next question I'm going to ask, with reference to current mediums of exchange. What problems do bit assets solve?
2: Well, I've always said that the best money is that which can move value through time and space most effectively with the least losses. Gold is very good at moving value through time. It's not so good at moving value through space. Bitcoin, and now bit shares, is very good at moving value through space, it's all digital, Uh, but because of the volatility, it's not very good at holding value through time. Bit assets, such as big gold, would give you uh, the ability to move the value of gold through space instantly, um, while having the price stability of gold to move it through time in a stable manner as well. This makes it the best overall medium of exchange. Um, as long as the system itself remains
0: functional. Could you outline some of the ideas that inspired the bit asset concept?
1: There were many ideas
0: that inspired it. Um,
2: it's kind of evolved, but I would say that prediction markets were a big part of uh, understanding it. The Bitcoin concept, the digital currency, is as a a source of value that's completely digital that has no counterparty is critical to the bit asset concept the concept of um, banks that lend dollars into existence back by collateral all the dollars that circulate today are created when you go to the bank to borrow money to buy a house the house is the collateral the dollars are created back by that collateral so in reality all we've done is replace the house with shares in the bank. Uh, shares in the bank are more liquid uh, and fungible, therefore they're actually a far better collateral than a house is, um, as long as the bank is very conservative in how it operates, which with bit shares we take great pains to make sure that it is incredibly conservative, uh, requiring 3x initial collateral covering uh, if the price falls by only 33%, uh, it's a very safe system by uh, comparison to all the existing banks out there. So I really borrow from ideas across the board, everything from contract for difference to prediction markets to mortgages and Bitcoin, and just the synthesis of those ideas creates bit assets.
0: Is this comparable to fractional reserve banking?
2: I would say it's more like 300% reserve banking. Under fractional reserve banking, you've got one ounce of gold backing 10 gold IODUs. So You've only got 10% of the collateral. If there is a bank run, your collateral for your loan is only able to make people 10% whole. Under shares, if there is a run on BitUSD, everyone tries to redeem it at once. They can. There's 300% reserve.
0: What would the effect on the price of the underlying asset, BitShares, be if there were to be a bank run on BitUSD?
2: Well, um, let's address that because that's a complex question. A bank run on BitUSD is really a bank run on the share price of, uh, of the collateral. As long as the collateral is held to be valid, then um, there's no reason to run on the bank. It's entirely transparent. So you're not going to get the bank run mechanics of people trying to redeem their big USD like you would people trying to turn in their dollars to get their gold. Um, but if the share price falls, because this is, there's a massive sell-off, um, then the effect is the same as um, any bank run, complete bankruptcy, or what used to happen and still does happen many times. Uh, depositors end up with equity. You know, creditors, people who owe the, who the bank owes money, get equity instead of uh, in lieu of paying off the debt. So, bit USD holders get converted to bit shares holders, and the um, worst case valuation for the bit USD holder is. The valuation of the collateral,
0: which is three times its original value.
2: Initially, it's three times. Its collateral falls in value by six times, and does so instantly. Then you'll end up with uh, with fifty percent of a dollar, fifty cents on the dollar value wise. So you can't just compare prices; you have to look at value. Mm. Um, so. You you start out with a lot of room, like the collateral has to fall, sixty six percent very quickly, Uh, falling sixty six percent over a week not a problem. We're talking, you know, black swan falls sixty six percent in a day. Um, Those are the type of events that can cause your uh, bit USD to be worth only what the collateral is worth.
0: So, it's unfair of me to um, ask you to predict what, or to suggest what some of these black swan events might be, but have you thought about what kind of black swan event might result in a catastrophic, uh, collapse in value like that? A irreversible hack of the protocol, same kind of
2: things that could cause Bitcoin to fall like that. Mm -hmm. Um, a reversible hack would probably not result in that. It'd get fixed with a hard fork and, um,
1: everyone to continue on their day. Um, A complete government shutdown of all the exchanges sudden uh,
2: could cause a massive run. Although I believe a lot of people, uh, most of these black swan events are only likely during the infancy of a system. Once you get to the size of Bitcoin, it's very unlikely that you'll see uh, massive disruptions that cause the price of Bitcoin to fall uh, rapidly. I can see it falling gradually to zero over uh, 10 years, but that's not a problem. Uh, it's only the sudden falls, and there are very few things that can cause a massive
1: revaluation of an existing technology. Uh, or perhaps something like a Google, Apple, Microsoft
2: teaming up to launch a cryptocurrency could cause everything in the Bitcoin space to go down. On the other hand, such uh, legitimacy being added to the field could cause everything to go up, so who knows?
0: Do you see monetary systems like bit assets foreshadowed in the work of any economic theorists?
2: Oh, wow, that's
1: a uh, deep question. Um, I would say that... Uh, Foreshadowed, if you know what you were looking for, uh, it's really been around for
2: uh, hundreds of years. You know, A mortgage, an IOU system, collateralized debt, has been used as money um, this whole time. Uh, shares in companies has been used as money. Uh, you have digital bearer bonds. Right? That's what Bitcoin is. It's a digital bearer bond. It's a hybrid between registered shares and bearer shares you have this global ledger but the owners are anonymous those concepts have been around lending using stock as collateral
1: has probably existed uh, for a very long time if you want to get to a very high level um, I'd say that the recognition that all value is perceived value um,
2: that shares in a system can have value are well accepted economic principles that have been uh, around in the Mises Austrian school for a very long time. So uh, that is that is the foundation upon which this is built.
0: Mises proposed several categories into which what we think of broadly as money might be divided. Um, a medium of exchange, a money, and also money substitute. Do bit assets fit into any one of these categories?
2: Well, let's define some of those categories in greater detail because they can be used as medium exchange, Uh It was medium exchange money and money substitute, is what you said. So, um,
1: here he's inferring that gold is money, a IOU gold is a money substitute,
2: and a medium of exchange is a currency like the dollar, maybe. Um, and in some sense. If gold is money, bit gold is a
1: money substitute. However, it's backed by a collateral uh, which
2: has is not an IOU, so that could also be viewed as money. Um so is bit USD a money substitute? I think it's all of the above, depending on which angle you take.
0: It's a contractual right to something, isn't it?
2: Um No it's not. No. Nope. We are uh, very adamant that the key differentiating factor between BitShares and cryptocurrencies and all the existing financial systems is that there are no contractual obligations. No one has the power to compel you to do anything in the future. You can't necessarily prevent things from happening like margin calls, uh, but you can't even make it happen. Right? So no one's contractually obligated to behave in any particular way, and yet everyone does behave in such a way that has the effect as if there were contracts. Uh, and That's the key distinction. There's no one you can sue to compel to do, behave a certain way. There's no one who can die and leave a contract unfulfilled.
0: Do assets run afoul of Mises' regression theorem? And if not, why not?
2: Is regression theorem that something has to have value uh, in the market for some practical purpose before it can be evolved
1: into money. Hmm. All right, so it's just yeah, not everyone is familiar with the regression theorem. So gold
2: and silver have value for their electrical and jewelry properties, Um, and then because they also. They already have that value. They can start to be used with trade, and eventually they become money. Now, the definition I use for money uh, is the most marketable commodity, that which is easiest to sell that you can sell with very little marketing cost
1: that everyone wants to buy, right? Money is easy to sell. So if you view uh, money as a good and
2: gold and silver as a good, how easy is it for you to sell and get full price? Uh, you know, If you buy a computer and then we sell it, there's going to be a big loss in purchasing power, uh, even if you just bought it for one person and turn around and sell it to another. Um, but money doesn't have that property. So
1: does Bit USD violate that? Well, let's uh, ask a question. Do shares in a company represent... A form of value that
2: has value in and of itself. Well, if the company is profitable, yes, it's an asset. It can trade. It represents a stake in a revenue stream. That is a something that can exist independently of being money. Uh, Bit USD is a derivative on such an asset, um, and it exists. Whether or not BitUSD is used as money, why does it exist? Because people want to hedge, traders want to use it. So it has value independent of its use as money. If BitUSD becomes used globally in all transactions, then it becomes very liquid and is as good as real USD, Uh,
1: and it becomes money in itself. So I would suggest that it does indeed pass the regression theorem. So
0: the what really separates Bit USD or Bit assets in general as a potential form of money from other cryptocurrencies is that where other cryptocurrencies rely on a belief that in the future they will be accepted as uh, as money by another party, the Bit assets derive their value extrinsically.
2: Sort of, yes. Bit assets derive their money from the uh, expectation that there is value today, or into the bid assets themselves are independent. The collateral that they're based off of uh, depends on expectation that people want to use the services of a virtual business to perform transactions, smart contracts, um, uh, or just for the very purpose of creating the bid assets to begin with. So, uh, Bid assets work at any scale. You can have bid assets at a market cap of $40 million, uh, for the underlying collateral. And it can continue to work all the way up to the scale of Bitcoin, you know, uh, for a billion. So whether you're in the millions or billions, bid assets don't care. They will continue to function. Uh, and, and that's the main thing that makes them more useful as a currency. Because it doesn't matter how big BitShares is, a merchant can accept BitUSD and uh, and use BitUSD. And anyone who wants to use it, they can use it in their own little community. Whereas with Bitcoin, the volatility uh,
1: means that it needs to get big before it can be useful as a currency. And even then, um,
2: it's not very useful because it's like a stock
0: the relationship between bit assets and bit shares is something new that we're beginning to see emerge from what, for want of a better word, I guess we could call the uh, the altcoin space, and that is this idea of separating stake in a system from the medium of exchange or the token used as a medium of exchange. How do you think this is going to evolve moving forward? I like to use the
2: analogy of a bank again. A bank has shares in the bank that are owned by a completely different set of users than the depositors in the bank. There may be millions and millions of depositors and probably only tens of thousands of shareholders. Uh, And that's because they have different risk appetites. Uh, They have different knowledge requirements, different use cases. So if you view a blockchain as a service based company, a transaction or service, uh it makes a lot of sense that there should be a separation between those who want to cut in the underlying service and those who want to use the service.
0: By separating those two the unit of the unit of exchange is insulated from the volatility of the, the value. value of the service. Yeah.
1: Yes which in turn makes the value of the service
0: higher. Could you describe some of the differences between the world we live in now and a world using a medium of exchange with the characteristics of bid
2: assets? I would expect that in a future world, gold and silver will be the physical representation of money. Bid assets will be the digital representation of money. And there will be no paper representation of money. Uh, the average person will save with bit assets because, th- at the very least, they can earn some interest on their gold and silver. Where else can you earn interest on gold and silver except bit gold and bit silver? Um, so that's what I see uh, the world evolving to.
0: Hayek and some of these other guys often talk about this: a free market for money specifically uh, let's see the monopoly of government issued money has not only deprived us of good money but has also deprived us of the only process by which we can find out what would be good money how do you see bit shares and bit assets fitting into this fitting into that framework or do you how do you relate bit assets to that uh, that quote from Hayek? Well, he's, what's the
2: process for discovering good
0: money? And
2: um, I would agree fundamentally that the market is at all times supreme. Even today, even with government intervention, the uh, government is nothing but a market force, uh, a violent um, entity that the free market has to work around. Companies, companies, have to weigh the cost of complying versus rebelling, and they take the most economical approach. So I've always had the goal, well, not always, but uh, for the past 10 years or so of my life, I've aimed to create free market solutions to secure the life, liberty, and property of all. What I mean by this is that the free market is ultimately the only way that we will have freedom. Through voluntary exchange and commerce. So, bit shares and bit assets provide a way to opt out in an entirely voluntary process that depends only on freedom of speech. If you have freedom of speech to broadcast and to coordinate both prices and uh, transactions, then bid assets can work and you can have an alternative economy, and an alternative economic system that you can opt into. And in such a way, the uh, forces of the government, the government mandated money, can be uh, worked around. There, many people don't realize this, but dollars aren't required. You can use anything you like as money, even in the United States. Uh, the problem is people. Uh, the average individual, is not interested in thinking in terms of anything but dollars. They price everything in dollars. They know how much they're going to be paid is in dollars. Their expenses are in dollars. Bid assets gives us a bridge. The opportunity for individuals to move into a digital dollar domain without having to rely on the infrastructure
1: of the current government systems. I'm Matt 608, and I'm campaigning to be elected as a marketing delegate for BitShares. I'll be focusing on bringing BitUSD to the Argentine market where it is needed most, giving people access to a stable currency through a safe and bank-free solution. I'll be developing a custom BitUSD portal for Spanish speakers, and launching an advertising campaign to promote the portal. To view the rest of my campaign details, visit bitsharestalk.org and look in the delegate subforum. My delegate is called argentina-marketing.mat608. Please vote for me if you support my campaign. Thank you.
0: When did all of this start for you? You said this started 10 years ago. How did you basically find yourself on the path that led you to start Invictus and produce uh, Bitshares?
1: Well, it's it's been a long path. Um, I'm
2: a software engineer. I've been doing software development since I was uh, in middle school. And uh, shortly after I graduated college, I started a business. And I was fed up with politics, I was convinced the Republicans were right and the Democrats were wrong. I uh, that's how I was brought up. And I set out to create a site that would help everyone in the entire world prove it. But that, in order for me to do that, I had to rigorously investigate everything myself. And that started me down the rabbit hole, if you will. I discovered Ron Paul, Austrian economics, uh, libertarian philosophy, and... Uh, the more I learned, I realized what I thought was right before was completely wrong. And um, it's been a very enlightening experience. So uh,
1: I guess about 2008-2009 time frame I was trying to come up with
2: an alternative to money. I recognized that money was a key uh, to the control. And if we could have an alternative money that they couldn't control, then we could have a chance at freedom. That's when I Googled digital money, virtual money, and discovered Bitcoin. Uh, was, I was trying to invent Bitcoin, and look, it, already invented. it was already invented. <laughs> um, so my first thought was, well, this can be used for digital warehouse receipts, and I started to get involved, but you know, Bitcoin was trading my pennies, and there was... You couldn't make a career out of it at that point in time, and I had bills to pay. But uh, a couple years later, I uh, I noticed the Bitcoin price went through the roof, and I saw my $20 worth of Bitcoin turn into thousands of dollars worth of Bitcoin. And uh, then I noticed that Mt. Gox had their uh, funds seized, and that Bitcoin was still vulnerable to the government seizing the bank accounts of all the exchanges, uh, which set me on a mission to solve the decentralized exchange problem. And uh, that brought me to BitShares. Uh, I evolved it over the course of a month um, and got to where we are today.
0: I know we've covered a lot of, we've spoken a lot about the hurdles that you've uh, you've run into with bitshares in a prior interview, things like how it didn't really work with mining and you know and led you to develop delegated proof of stake and all of these things. What hurdles do you see in the future for bitshares, and I guess also for for all cryptocurrencies? Uh,
1: the biggest
2: hurdle in the future is going to be scalability. Um scaling up these systems to support tens of thousands of transactions per second, which requires hundreds of megabytes per second bandwidth to coordinate on a global scale um, you don't even doesn't matter the protocol just look at number of transactions times average size of transaction it's going to be a major challenge to scale these systems up. Um, So I'd say that's the main hurdle. The other hurdle is regulatory. Um, And can cryptocurrencies and systems like BitShares be relegated to the black market by having all the on and off ramps um, either criminalized or regulated to the point that the utility of the bid assets is no different than the utility of a bank account. Um, We'll see, but I'd say the regulation and scalability are the two big issues in the future.
0: What about adoption? I mean, at the moment we're really not seeing that adoption curve that everyone's been hoping for, um, or that's often referred to as the reason for the, uh, the lack of enthusiasm in the marketplace for Bitcoin as this kind of undelivered upon promise of, uh, of adoption.
2: Bitcoin's adoption problem is, uh, impacted because it doesn't actually provide utility to non believers, if you will, to Bitcoin was adopted by those who wanted an alternative money, wanted to create a free market where people buy and sell, buy and tr- sell and trade and price things in Bitcoin. And what we've seen instead is that merchants are willing to accept people's Bitcoin just to dump them on the market and convert them to dollars. Uh, because Bitcoin is expensive to buy, expensive to use, and expensive to spend, right? You buy it, you pay a spread. You spend it, you pay a spread. And while you hold it, you know, your risk of volatility uh, means that only speculators are really interested in holding Bitcoin. Um, and that all Trade it doesn't, Bitcoin is unable to
1: produce a self sustaining micro economy. Um, but I believe bit shares with
2: bit USD and bit gold and bit silver are different because merchants can use bit USD, hold their accounts in bit USD, users can buy and save and earn interest on bit USD. It's a lot easier for people to keep their money inside the system and work inside the system. You don't have to constantly enter and exit the system, Uh, and that's a huge difference in terms of long-term adoption. It's much easier to explain to your parents and grandparents that they should put their money in a virtual banking platform it's still dollars, they put dollars in, hold it for a year, and at the end of the year they get uh, dollars plus interest out. Um, that's much easier for adoption than put money in. At the end of the year, you might have 10x gain or you might have 90% loss, um, and that's uh, going to dramatically affect the adoption of these systems.
0: How is uh, how is it going with bit share, with bit assets right now? I know that um, I've I've been watching it really closely and, uh, I've noticed, and you guys did start off with the, with price feeds from delegates to, uh, to maintain the, um, the market price within a certain window. And, uh, I did notice that the value of the bid assets were quite mobile within that window. How have things been going recently? Oh, well, our daily volume is, uh, on the order of
2: 10,000 to $20,000 and, the price uh, at all times seems to be uh, within five percent uh, of the actual price. Well, there's about a million dollars worth of bit USD that's uh, currently circulating or being held, and uh, I'd say that that is a success. Um, but that a million dollars out of A $40 million market cap is a relatively large percent of the uh, value of bid shares being held in bid assets. Um, We've evolved this over um, several months from entirely no restrictions to more restrictions around the price feed. We've increased the collateral requirements. We've added interest, and we added mandatory covering. After 30 days, all people that are short bit USD must must buy it back on the market. So you're guaranteed to be able to get a dollar's worth of bit shares out within 30 days of your purchase of
1: the bit USD. And therefore, the spread you see is the um, the uh, time preference. If you want out now, you're going to pay slight you know, a slight
2: discount or a, a slight premium to sell your USD um, today, and someone else will hold it for the rest of the 30 days in order to get the full amount out. So it's no different than any other market, any other bond. It's got a 30-day maturity. At the end of 30 days, you get the full price. Before then, it's less than that. Now, um, that 30 days is average, uh, and as the system matures in volume, Increases the turnover rate is going to be much higher uh, because every single day there's going to be uh, one thirtieth of the bit usd supply that has to turn over. So if there's a million dollars worth of um, bit usd in circulation, then each and every day, uh, thirty three thousand dollars has to cover. And as long as you're selling less than $33,000 a day, uh, on average, you should be able to get a full price. If you need to sell more than that, you'll have to pay some premium, uh, proportional to the amount of the BitUSD supply you want to gain, you want to uh, redeem immediately. But I suspect most people will own less than 1 30th of the BitUSD supply. And therefore, for most people, the liquidity will be very high as the system matures. Uh, and, as we get more traders in the system,
0: when you said there's a million dollars in bit usd, so the collateral underlying that is three million dollars or three million dollars worth of bit shares, correct?
2: Yes, approximately
0: you know, I hesitate to use the word money supply because we're we're really dealing with something that is not not money. That's the division between the the unit of exchange and the unit of stake, is that BitShares is not a currency like we imagine cryptocurrencies being. It's actually a unit of stake in a system. And so it actually derives value from being locked away in the form of collateral for the bit assets, and that is where it derives scarcity. Yes.
2: The supply of BitShares is uh, relatively limited. It's treated like a A company grows uh, only at the approval of the stakeholders and uh, at a rate that is uh, less than Bitcoin's rate of growth. Uh, And when it does grow, it's used to fund development and produce more value uh, for all the stakeholders.
0: The BitShares platform has been really dynamic recently. There have been a ton of changes uh, surrounding how it's been developing and the ecosystem as well, the BitShares ecosystem as a whole. Could you explain what some of those changes have been and how they have changed the original vision for BitShares?
2: BitShares has been evolving uh, in an attempt to produce the most value possible for everyone involved. The initial idea is that it all be mined. Uh, We abandoned that when we realized that mining just sent power and money to the electric companies. So we switched to proof of stake Uh, in a virtual mining process for a fundraiser and uh, that allowed us to um, get to where we are today Uh, but our plan had been a two billion fixed share supply strictly decreasing and multiple competing chains implementing different features that's how we're going to scale Uh, But we always try to adapt as we learn. And what we learned is that competing chains divide developer resources, divide network effect, and uh, ultimately uh, they all want to incorporate features of the other. So I would say that we recognize that our system would be better as one where the developer time is not divided among multiple projects. Uh, The network effect is not divided uh, among multiple users. If you have 10 projects with 10 users, uh, the sum of the value of the projects is gonna be less than one project with 100 users. Uh, It's just the way network effect works. So we rebranded BitShares X, DNS spoke all into just one platform called BitShares. Uh, we increased the share supply with uh, by twenty percent to bring in all the other stakeholders under one roof. Um, and once we did that, uh, we were able to gain lots of advantages. We now have more developers focused on growing BitShares. Uh, We added the ability for the delegates to get paid uh, at at today's market cap, about $2,500 a month per delegate, uh,
1: to fund projects, whether it's BidShares blocks or uh, new web wallets, marketing
2: campaigns, uh, core features on the dev team. We basically created a perpetual funding solution for BidShares and that is going to give
1: BitShares a competitive advantage
2: over all the other projects. If you look at... um, Next, they've got a fixed currency supply and no ability to fund development except donations. They're in the same boat as Bitcoin. If you uh, look at Ripple, they've got to raise funds through VCs, and they're highly centralized. If you... Look at Ethereum, they haven't released yet, but I am not aware of any plans they have at this point in time to allow stakeholders to vote on future funding, so they've got a large initial budget of a you know five to ten million dollars depending on the Bitcoin price, and that they'll have to spend that money when it's gone it's gone uh so We've really solved some real critical issues about the long-term sustainability with BitShares, and uh, I think that's going to make all the difference in the world compared
1: to the competitors.
0: So the uh, the funds that are being made made available to delegates, they're in the form of a monthly dilution or a, or a per block dilution. Pardon me.
2: Yeah, it's a uh,
1: block reward. Uh, so delegates are elected. They have to have the uh, highest approval of um, the
2: shareholders, stakeholders. And uh, the top 101 can get paid the salary, a percent of the maximum pay. So most of the development team is, uh, has the delegate campaigns going where they're asking for 100% pay. Um, once the market cap rises, they'll probably ask for a fractional pay. Um, and reduce their pay rate. But um, for now, we have the ability to fund development, and that's making all the difference.
0: Didn't you guys recently return some of the angel share funds?
2: Yes. We returned all the uh,
1: shares PTS that was given to us. We returned it. Why was that? Uh, we decided that it was to our advantage to uh, give it back the donation
2: was more harmful than good.
0: Really? Well, okay. Could you explain that uh, that decision in a little bit uh, greater depth?
2: It mostly has to do with accounting, and that's all I can say about that.
0: This is actually, it's really cool that you've managed to use the the system that you've built to actually fund the development of the platform as well, that you've managed to, Pay use the system to pay your own uh, development team. It's it's incredible. You you run a develop a delegate as well. I don't at
2: this point in time, but I will probably be running a delegate uh, within the month.
0: Do you think it'll get voted in?
2: Uh, I don't think I'd have any trouble getting it voted in.
0: <laughs> good. Well, good luck to you.
2: <laughs> it's the first time a a developer works for the program they created. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's really cool. This is really the DAC, uh This is really the deck concept emerging as as a functional thing. I I hadn't even I hadn't really thought about how you guys could. Um, it's it's obvious now. I hadn't thought about you guys running your own delegates and you know just being showins for election for election at full pay, because how else are you going to fund development of the platform? It's it's really fa- it's awesome.
1: It's, uh, it's great. It
2: means it's actually independent. It's no longer a, uh, any risk of it being a crowd sale. Yeah, it exists with or without us. If something were to happen to me, my delegate would get voted out and someone else would get voted in. You don't have to trust anyone to hold a large development fund. You don't have to worry about multi-sig accounts and politics around how that money is spent. Uh, You just have to deal with the politics of getting elected. Um, But the owners and the user community out there is in control. And some developers, like Nikolai, also known as Toast in the forum, have been elected entirely by community support without any help of um, large insiders. So we are and broad community support for the development team
1: and the uh, dilution process.
0: This is really the evolution of that concept where, yeah, the developer works for the distributed or, you know, digital autonomous corporation, digital autonomous organization, however you like to frame it.
2: Yeah, it's distributed. It's not decentralized. Uh, Decentralized means all kinds of different things. It's, It's really more of a distributed system. Uh, there is no central point, uh, but distributed is more defined. It's a positive term rather than decentralized. It's sort of a negative, not centralized. So I like distributed better for that. Um, it's automated, not autonomous. Um, a lot of the processes of the system um, work without having users to do a whole lot, but it's not fully autonomous. It has no decision-making capability. That is in the hands of the users of the system. They are the decision makers.
1: So it's a distributed, automated uh, company or uh, community. Um, Country. Country, uh,
2: cooperative, depending upon which metaphor you want to use for the C. They all apply in their own right.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, well, I mean, congratulations, man, because it's only just become, uh, this has been so opaque for even myself. I've followed this forever and it's not until I actually started digging into some of the Austrian uh, thinkers that I got the concept of bit assets and then it all kind of clicked together. And I'm hoping that this interview can kind of, can elucidate it for other people, you know, in the same way that it has for me.
2: I hope you can uh, get the message out. That'd be great.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Hey, one more thing. Could you sum up what's taking place in the marketing segment? Um,
2: Marketing has its own life. There's several different marketing efforts going on. The community has their self-organized system. We just had a complete rebranding that was in a large part at the request of the marketing to simplify our message. Uh, We just launched a new website uh, with a simplified message, and now we're filling in the details with uh, white papers. I'm going to be doing talks like this and interviews like this, video blogs, uh, to describe the philosophy and the potential of what this system can be. Uh, And that's going to be marketed and directed toward those user communities, everyone from... uh, Alex Jones, to Lou Rockwell, to all the YouTube videos about conspiracy theories and anti-banking. Uh, everyone who wants change in the world, who's got a libertarian bent, is going to be directed toward our philosophy uh, and to be encouraged to join as an early adopter. Um, we're not going to be marketing this to the masses until we've got lightweight clients with clear messaging, and uh, lots of supporting infrastructure, and lots of stability. So in the short term, we are going to be performing an aggressive campaign to get the philosophy out there to let people find out about BitShares, about me, what I stand for, and uh, the potential it has for the future of a free world.
0: Check out Bitshares.org for more. They have a wiki and forum, links to both of which will be in the notes. Thank you, Matt, for the visionary sponsorship and for producing a great ad. Thanks to Cameron Harwick for his informative blog, Thricker, and also Cecus for the music. And of course, a big thank you to Dan as well. All links will be in the notes. For the Let's Talk Bitcoin community, Today's magic word is argentina-marketing.mat608 I'm not going to spell it out. Just copy and paste it from the notes. If you guys want to reach out, by all means, contact me at beyondbitcoinshow at gmail.com Thanks for listening.